Hey, what's up? This is Mike Signorelli, the lead pastor of V1 Church, and you are listening to the V1 Church podcast. You just made such a good decision. I'm so proud of you. But listen, all joking aside, the greatest mistake in life is to be busy but not be effective. I mean, life's greatest failure is to be successful in the wrong assignment. So do you want to hear what the number one priority is that will place everything else in proper place in your life? All right, without further ado, this is the very first episode of As It Is In Heaven. I'll see you on the other side. This series to me is such an important series because a lot of us have been taught just almost the complete wrong thing about what God is about. And, you know, have you ever, it's like every single movie ever where they're in high school and there's this gossip scenario and then, the, but they really don't know everyone else is struggling and there's this real story, but nobody gets it. And I feel like Christianity is this weird thing that like very few people who talk about Christianity ever read the Bible. And very few people who talk about Christianity have met Christ, the Christ of Christianity. And so you get all this gossip and this chatter about what this thing is really about. And I mean, if most of what you know about someone is what you see on social media, do you really know them? You know what I'm saying? My, my brother is going through the dating scene right now, and I can tell you those profiles, they lie. <laughs> right? And so I feel like much of what we encounter with Christ and Christianity is just what we see on our phones. So can I just take it back and show you what the Bible actually says about it? Yeah. All right, cool. Um, you know, all of us have this question about how to live effectively here on earth. Like, what are we supposed to do? How do I live effectively? And what I want to teach you today is the power of the principle of prioritization and priority. Am I the only one here that will make it a priority? I have this fantasy in my head. It starts every Sunday night. I come out of service. I, we're celebrating. This was epic. And then, or awesome. I guess epic's not in anymore. Sorry, Gen Z. But then I wake up and I tell myself, Monday morning, I am eating right all week long. And then Monday by 9.05, I'm like, Lord, forgive your servant. Because it just tastes so good. And, and so that's my life. So priority is such a difficult thing for me. Is there anyone here who's taken so many classes and you know the exact right thing to do, but you just can't seem to do it? Am I the only one? So we're going to talk about like what, what that means. I met with Lee Cockrell, who at one point was the VP of operations over the entire uh, Disney. Like He had over 25,000 employees under his leadership. At the time when I met with him, I was the number two at a large church and had like 38 people under me and wanted to just absolutely fight all of them. And I could, <laughs> let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> Staff meeting, like uppercut. Pastor Mike just punched me in the face. Yes, I did. And I couldn't figure out how to lead them. And I didn't. And, and so I, I, I flew to Florida. I met with Lee Cockrell and I asked him, I'm like, how do you lead 25,000 people and I can't lead 38? And, um, and he talked to me about the power of priority. And he said something that blew my mind. And, and I said, listen, you know, you're getting on in, in your years and I'm a younger guy. The total sum of everything you learned in your life if you could leave me with one thing, because I'll probably never get a chance to hang out with you again. Lee Cockrell, what's the one thing that you would leave me with? Like, what's the total sum of your life's wisdom? And he looked at me and he said, Pastor Mike, people spend their time like they spend their money, except you cannot get more time. 
And then he got up and left, like, a, like Bilbo Baggins. He just disappeared. Um, and so I think that if, if you're like any of those people, we spend our time like we spend our money. Like, I mean, we sort of get the bills paid that are supposed to get paid, but then do we really prioritize our whole budget right? Okay, we're not talking about money, but you get where I'm going with that. Like, we kind of spent our time right. Like, we went to work today. We, we did a couple of right things right. But what is life, our life is the total sum of all the decisions that we make every day. And those decisions are determined by our priorities. Say priorities. Okay, we, how we use our time every day eventually defines our life. On the way here, I drive past a large cemetery in Queens every single Sunday, and just being morbid, I told my daughter, I said, take a look at this cemetery, and she's driving with me to load in this morning, and she's looking at the cemetery, and I'm, I'm, she's like, Dad, what, why are we looking at graves? This is weird, and I said, every single one of those people had a purpose and a destiny, and where you will find the greatest riches on earth is not in a bank, it's in a graveyard. There's people in those graves that had books they never wrote and they're still in them in the grave. There's people who had songs they never wrote and released, and they're still in them, they're in the grave. There's people that had destiny on their life, and I said, and I said, us driving a load in right now is your daddy getting the destiny out of his belly so we can get something going here. And that's my contribution. Is there anyone else here who says, I'm not taking anything to the grave with me, I'm going empty. Anyone else? I want to go empty. You can slow clap it in. I know priority is not a hardcore, pre you know, it's hard to preach priority, right? Who gets fired up about priority? Woo, right? I love priority. <laughs> Your high school gym teacher loved priority. <laughs> That's about it. Sergeant Slaughter loved priority. <laughs> Identifying the correct and right priority, priority for your life is the key to a successful and fulfilled life. We've got a lot of gurus and life coaches that will help you with priority. Jesus talked about priority. So what is the principle and concept of priority according to him? So let's kind of write this down if you're taking notes. The principal thing, this is how you define priority. It's the principal thing. We got it up on the screen. Putting first things first. It's establishing the most important thing. Priority is defined as the primary focus. Placing an order of importance, an order of importance. People always trip out when I tell them it's, it's wife first, then kids, not kids, then wife. Can I get an amen? amen. You know, a lot of times we, we prioritize our kids above our spouse and then can't figure out why our whole home is in disarray. You better go back to the basics and love your spouse. All right, nobody goes down with that. <laughs> everyone's convicted. We need a marriage retreat. Here's the next one. Placing highest value upon or worth upon. First among all others. So write this down. The greatest tragedy in life is not death. It's life without a purpose. Life with the wrong priorities. The, the greatest tragedy in life is not death. You know why? Because we're all going to experience it. That doesn't make it a tragedy. It just makes it normal. It makes it natural. What's unnatural is God sending you and destining you to do something, have a very assignment here on earth, and you live a life without purpose or with the wrong priorities. Here's another way of saying it. The greatest mistake in life is to be busy but not effective. He, 
Can I just preach real to you? I'm preaching good. I don't have any old school Pentecostals here today. The greatest mistake in life, we got a whole bunch of people who are busy. Everyone's busy. That doesn't make you special, but are you effective? Life's greatest failure is to be successful in the wrong assignment. You're going to stand before God on judgment day and say, God, I did a really good job at the wrong thing. God, I was really effective at the thing you didn't call me to do, but I was scared. That'll preach. It's convicting, isn't it? You see how I still, I was like, God, see how God loved you on the front end so I could knife you on the back end? (laughs) Success in life is measured by the effective use of one's time. Did I whet your appetite to hear what God has to say about it? Okay, not yet. Abraham Maslow, I used to be a high school teacher. And Abraham uh, Maslow was something that we had to study as a part of our pedagogy. He determined that all human behaviors are relegated by these essential needs that we're in search of. And so if you ask yourself across cultures and times and societies, why, what, what essentially governed all human behavior, it, there's a hierarchy of needs. And those hierarchy of needs will reveal the answer to why they fought that war, why they fell in love with that person. I mean, it, it's, this guy really nailed it and really said, this is humanity in our fallen state after the fall in Genesis. Can I tell you what the hierarchy of needs are? And let, me, and let me just put it like this. If we stayed in this room for too long, here's what would start to happen. Number one, you would need some water. Number two, after water, what are you going to need? You're going to need some food. Then after food, what, what else are you going to need? <laughs> Somebody said sleep. Somebody, you better not be getting that need met right now. <laughs> Food, water, you'd need clothing. That's an essential. You can do without clothes, but you can't do without food and water, right? And then after clothes, housing. Some of us, man, housing, isn't that a dilemma out here? After housing, though, if you can secure those things, you'll want protection. Then after protection, you're going to put a lock on your door because you want security. Then after security, you know what you want? Preservation. You want to be around, Like, I'm meeting my needs. I'm clothed. Look at me now, right? It's preachers and sneakers. I finally made it to the account. I'm I'm living life. I've got, not only are my basic needs met, but I'm surpassing them. Now what do I want? I want security, preservation. And then if I can get past that, I want self-actualization. And then last but not least, you know what I need? Significance. You know what happens when you don't get, when you get all your basic needs met, but you don't get significance? You want to know what happens? Watch the nightly news. That's what happens. Can I keep preaching? Would it surprise you to know that most religions are predicated on the idea that you appease a deity by being a good boy or a good girl, a good creation, and then these basic needs are met? Did you, would it surprise you? Would it break your brain if I told you Jesus did not come to establish a religion? Let me say it again. Religion is predicated on the idea that you do all of these good, these lists. You, you conform your behaviors to what they say is wrong, right? And if you cross everything off that list and you check all the check boxes, you will get those basic needs met. That's religion. You appease the deity. And there had, we've had gods across every continent and across every timeline in history. And that's what all religions are based on. Be good. Don't, don't act bad according to what we say is good and bad. And you'll appease the deity and you will get these things. 
And this is going to make what Jesus said really radical because Jesus did not come to make another religion. So let me read to you Matthew chapter 6. I know I'm teaching a little bit, but therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life. It's what you will eat or drink. Uh-oh. What you will eat or drink or, what, or about your body, what you will wear. Your clothing or what is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Notice that this statement it directly challenges Maslow's hierarchy of needs and contradicts the order of it in, in the exact order. Continuing on, Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father, somebody say father. There's a revelation there. He feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? This statement implies that our self-worth is more important than our basic needs and, and our basic needs should be, never be satisfied for our self-worth. Let me put it like this. One of the most horrendous things that we have in our society is watching someone exchange their basic needs for their self-worth. You know what we call that? Prostitution. You know what we call that? When you take a human being and you sacrifice their self-worth for basic needs, slavery. So by that definition, which one of you are a slave? And what are you a slave to? And Jesus said, you have a father. And I want, I, want to, I want to get your priorities right because if your priorities are wrong, you will be a slave. You will not be a son or daughter. There's freedom in here. Why would you worry about your clothes? You see how the lilies of the field grow? I'm going to keep reading the scripture. And it says, they don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, it's, it's gone. It's thrown in the fire. Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Don't prioritize the wrong things in the wrong order. So don't worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the pagans? Say pagans. Oh, this is going to hurt to do it, but I have to do it. I have to break your paradigm. Can I do it? For the pagans run. Say run. They run after these things. They run after food. They run after clothing. They run after water. They run after shelter. They even run after significance. Pagans. They run. You know what is a synonym for run? Strive. They strive for significance. They post as much stuff as they can on social media in hopes that you'll like it so they'll feel significant. They'll buy the nicest clothes and peacock around and they'll buy fake clothes that, that, that they can afford that look like they're real clothes because they have such a deep need for significance. They'll run. Pagans will run after these things. And your heavenly father, say father, he knows that you need them. The word pagans here implies that religion should never be motivated by the base drives of human needs. So let me put it like this. If you come every single Sunday to church, whether it's this one or another one, and your only aim is to appease a deity so you get more stuff, could I submit to you, you might be pagan and not Christian? Is that too far? Because much of what I see 
in America today is actually pagan religion, not a relationship with a father. Because we're trying to appease a deity we don't even know so we can get more stuff when the only aim of it is so that we can get him. And when we have him, we have everything. And that's, I promise I wasn't going to scream. Can I tell you what Jesus said? Can I keep reading Matthew chapter six? I know that I have two more minutes left. That's all I need. I got one last stick of dynamite. I'm about to light up, okay? <laughs> I love you guys. This is a pagan free church. He's, here's the thing. God, I'm gonna tell you this. Jesus did not give us your second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh priority. He didn't tell you what should be second, third, fourth, fifth. He, in his infinite wisdom, he knew you didn't need that answer. You only needed what the first priority is. And if you get the first priority, then two, three, four, five, six, seven, they'll all align in perfect order. Now, do you want to know what he said? He said, you're worrying about clothes. You're worrying about food, water, shelter, self-actualization, fulfillment, and all that stuff is good. I think it's good to have significance. I think it's good to have self-actualization. I think it's good to drink water and to have food. I, I mean, I, honestly, he knew that there, that was a real need. He, he perpetually used the, the word need. He didn't call it an option. He said, you need these things. But he said, if you put one thing first, you will have all those other things. And this is it. And you know this scripture, but many of you don't have a revelation of it. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. See, that coordinating conjunction and joins them. You cannot separate them. Seek his kingdom and seek his righteousness. There's people that will seek one or the other, but you have to seek his kingdom and his righteousness. And then all these things say all He's a good father. He's not trying to withhold any good thing for you. He says all will be added unto you. Another translation says, and all these things will be given to you as well. So what is his kingdom? Jesus identifies the kingdom as being more important than food, water, clothing, shelter, and every other basic human need. What is it? Let me just say it like this. A kingdom is defined as the sovereign rule of a king over a territory, impacting it with its will, his will, his purpose, and his intent. Here's another way of saying it. The word kingdom in the biblical text is referred to as Jesus refers it to as God's government, God's rulership, God's dominion over the earth. The kingdom of God means God's will executed, God's jurisdiction, heaven's influence, God's administration, and God's impact and his influence in your life. And the, king, the concept of kingdom, and this is how we're going to end this service, was not a government that was introduced by any man. When you go back to Genesis, the third chapter, kingdom is introduced by God. And there's something that you must understand in order to understand kingdom, because guess what? We don't have, when, I, when you read in the Bible, kingdom of God, it means nothing to you. And you want to know why? Because you weren't raised in a kingdom, you were raised in a democracy. And guess what happens? Our leaders are voted into power. And the collective vote is the will of the people manifested into the will of the leader. And if that leader fails to represent our will, guess what we do? We revolt on him. We try to impeach him. We make merchandise, hats, and shirts telling everyone how much we hate them. Because that's how democracy works in the 21st century. But you don't do that because 
in a kingdom, the people don't elect the king. The king rules the people and they submit and surrender to it. And that could be a bad thing if you had a bad king. But Jesus shows up on the scene and he says, the kingdom of God is at hand. In other words, there's a secret that humanity forgot. There's a secret you all forgot. When Jesus showed up, he showed up on the scenes to reveal the secret. Can I have two more minutes of your time? See, a couple weeks ago when I was here, I kept announcing, if you come at 9 a.m., we're going to give you a Long Island bagel. We're going to give you a Long Island bagel and coffee. And afterwards, some loving members of V1 Church, they stopped me and said, Pastor, you do a great job preaching every time, but there's something we need to help correct. You keep saying Long Island bagel, and you are revealing that you're not from here. Because... All of our bagels are good here. This is the land of bagels. That's all we have. They, they get us so high on bagels, we forget how expensive it is to live here. They feed us, keep giving us bagels. So anyways, and they said, when you're on Long Island, it's not a Long Island bagel. It's a bagel. And what happened is when you go to Jerusalem, when you go to Israel till today, you know what they call God? Hashem. They believe that he is so sacred, so holy, that, it, that, that even to utter his name would be, it, it, it would desecrate, it, to even utter his name would be a violation because he, we have to reverence him. And Hashem is a compound word in Hebrew that just means the name. And Jesus showed up and said, I've got to tell you guys a secret because the way you're talking about God reveals that you forgot where you're from. He's not Hashem. He's Abba. He's your father. He's not just the king. He is also your dad. You forgot that you're royalty, that you're from a royal blood, that he is your father. You forgot who you were. And he's a good, good good so much better than you could ever write a song about it father is there anyone here who would stand to their feet if you want to receive not just the king of the kingdom because when he was preaching the kingdom this is what jesus was saying People are trying to escape. See, this is how modern christianity is say this prayer so that you can get to heaven but the original assignment wasn't all of us get to heaven. It was God stepping out of heaven, making earth, creating you and giving you a purpose and saying, have dominion over the earth. I'm bringing heaven to earth. That's the original plan. So when Jesus showed up, he didn't show up and say, hey, guys, I got a great I got this great news. We're all going to escape. We're out of here. What actually he preached was the kingdom of God is here. I've come to connect heaven and earth. I actually, what's going to happen as I'm bringing heaven to earth, and now you will be the temple. You will be the very inhabited, inhabiting place of my spirit, and heaven will come to earth. And so right now, when you receive the kingdom, because it's so much better than you could ever imagine, so much better so what happens is our service time ends, but if you've received the kingdom of heaven, the very spirit of God inside of you, your communion with him never ends. And you say, I'm not in the theater anymore, but the presence of God is dwelling inside of me. It's Jesus unlimited in the earth through the Holy Spirit. 
his omnipotent presence through the indwelling of his presence in me. Your kingdom come down on earth as it is in heaven. Genesis says that out of the earth he formed man. Could it be that instead of you getting to heaven and that being the only plan, the plan is that heaven invades your spirit right now? Could it be? And so Jesus becomes the sacrifice that makes all that possible and says that I'm going to die on a cross. You're going to receive me. And so in that moment, your priority. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. In other words, submit and surrender to the king. And when you submit and surrender to the king, you'll receive power to obey the laws of another kingdom, to be in right standing with that kingdom. And so what's going to happen, and we're going to preach this in the weeks to come, is people are going to look at your life and be like, man, I know you're from New York, but there's something different about you. There's something different about your marriage. There's something different about your kids. There's something different about your singleness. I'm single and you're single, but there's something different about your singleness. There's something different about the way you work on the job. There's something different, and you are going to be an embassy of heaven, and people are going to see heaven's reality in the reality of your life because heaven has come to your life. Does anyone believe it here? So right now, just close your eyes. Let's just, this is the power of surrender. You don't vote a king. You vote a president. You surrender to a king. But if your king wins every single battle he ever fought, it'd be wise to surrender to that kingdom. If you want to come over to the winning side, before you get to raise the flag of triumph, you must raise the flag of surrender to become a citizen of another kingdom. And then, baby, after you say amen, the Bible says confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that he is king of kings, that he is Lord, and you will be saved, and you will know him as father, and we will welcome you to the winning side. So I want you to borrow my words right now, and then I want you to just declare this. And as you borrow my words and say this prayer, I believe that we're going to celebrate that our family has grown today and heaven has come to earth. So everyone say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for the cross. I thank you for the blood that washes me, that you forgive me of all my sins, that today the kingdom has come into my heart, into my life, and I receive you now. And I thank you that today I am free, that you are my father. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, can we celebrate for every single person that just said that prayer right now? Come on, lift it up. Come on, let's celebrate right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Thank you so much for listening all the way through. The power of the principle of priority happens when you place the kingdom of God first. I want to give you a challenge that I gave everyone. I want to challenge you. Instead of waking up and the very first thing you do is check your phone. I know we all do it. Would you make a commitment for the next week to push your phone aside and to seek first the kingdom and say, Heavenly Father, what would you have for me today? I dare you to do that. The other thing I dare you to do is if this podcast helped you, 
the best thing that you can do is pay it forward right now. Share the link on your social media, your Facebook, your Instagram, whatever, and let somebody know that the V1 Church Podcast can help them just like it helped you. And I'll see you next week.